Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Very nervous. We're going to ask Lacey to start her video. There we go. Ah, it's Lacey! I see you. It's actual Lacey. Now, we uh, might have to change something here. Hang on one second. We Can we hear you? Can you hear me? Yes! Yes, we can. Let me just... Hang on a minute. Uh, oh, now... Amazing. <laughs> you, now, what you didn't know is that I actually... Because this is the first time we've met but that I actually look like Brett Michaels. Just like him. I have this really strong desire to, to arm wrestle her to get with you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? There's no arm wrestling required. You can have him. Shut the front door. <laughs> what is this? I, I have you know, I'm also a police officer I as mean, well. Yeah, so he's multifaceted. Uh, how, Lacey, how the devil are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. Even better now. It's nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. Look too. at that. You've got your Christmas stockings up there. What does that one say? The Bar humbug. Bar humbug. Come on, man. <laughs> of course. I actually, I have to blame my um, my husband for that one. He is he has more of like a, a cynical um, sense of humor, even worse than I do. Wow. We listen. Rock of Love was when? When was your season? Season one was that 2007? You are correct. Oh my, so, that was ages ago. I didn't think it was that. We only just discovered it, right? Yeah. Like literally two months ago so by this accident. Is, this is new for us. We're still quite excited about it. This is, bra this is brand new for us. And we've, we've done all three seasons in, a, in four weeks, yeah. five weeks. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've got so much to ask you. Yeah. I mean, you lived <laughs> through extraordinary times, Lacey. Absolutely. How did you guys discover the show? On, it was on Amazon Prime. So I was looking oh. for, I was looking for, I had a friend over and, uh, you know, we, we'd, everyone's completed Netflix and Amazon with the lockdown. Everything has been watched and seen. And we were watching a movie with a rock band in and then it said, oh, you like this? You might like this. Ah. Rock of Love, Brett Michaels <laughs> from Poison. So, of course, and it was, it's, right, it's horrendous. It's hilarious. It's 
awful. It's shocking. It's the most addictive thing I've ever seen in my life. How did you get involved in it? So, okay, the production company that that produced 51, or sorry, that produced Rock of Love, they're called 51 Minds. And of course, the original network was VH1 back in the day. And so 51 Minds, before Rock of Love, they did Flavor of Love with Flavor Flav. And prior to that, they had a show called Surreal Life. Are you guys familiar with Surreal Life? That rings a bell. I don't yeah. think I ever watched it, but it was I'm one aware of the of, first reality TV things. I'm aware of Flavor of Love because I've been told a woman does a poo on the floor in there. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen that yet. But yes, Surreal Life, I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it. Okay, so this is how I got started. This is how I got drawn into this whole entire crazy reality world. Um, so Surreal Life was an amazing reality show produced by the same producers as Rock of Love, Flavor of Love, blah, blah, blah. And basically, it, the premise was you have all of these uh, interesting celebrities, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, who live in a house together and let's watch all their crazy shenanigans. And But it was great. It was a great cast. Every season was somebody different. It was anyone from like Vince Neil from um, Motley Crue yeah. to um, Adrian Curry, who won America's uh, Top Next Model. Next Top Model, yeah, I remember her. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Tammy Faye Baker, who was part of a whole um, scandal in the 90s with her husband, Jim Baker, who was a televangelist who got caught like banging. Oh, yes. Yeah, Tammy Faye Baker was on there. Just like anybody imaginable. Oh, MC Hammer, do you guys? This is yes, we know how. Can't touch this. What time is it? Yeah. <laughs> have a time, isn't it? Yeah, Vanilla Ice. I mean, yeah, you got it. Yeah, Ice Ice Baby. So it was just, these were the types of characters that were yep. on these shows, Surreal Life, and they were so much fun. And so from there, Flavor Flav was introduced to the reality TV world because he was on one of the final seasons um, of Surreal Life. The same, the same season that, that Flavor Flav was on, Bridget Nielsen was also on. Wow. And Bridget Nielsen, who's like this nine foot tall Norwegian goddess, and she and Flavor Flav, of all people, ended up hooking up. They did. I remember that. That's like a fever dream, but it I happened. I do remember that. Yes, yes. It was nuts. And so from there, the production company decided to create the show Strange Love, which starred Bridget Nielsen and Flavor Flav. And then from there, they went with Flavor of Love. So I was addicted to all of those shows. I was just super, super into them. And um, at the time when all these shows were happening, I had been doing music. I'd been touring around the U.S. in a rock band since I was 18 years old. And that was kind of my thing. And I found out about the casting of, um, of Rock of Love. And I sort of just did it like, oh, that could be fun. You know, let's see. And so when I did the audition, I ended up getting cast for it. And I, and I almost chickened out. I almost backed out and didn't do it. Because I was like, yeah, I don't know, my career musician, I won't be taken seriously. Yeah. And then I was like, I need to get over myself. That's stupid. Like, how often do you get an amazing opportunity to be on a freaking reality show like this? So there you have it. If you hear a cat meowing, I've got four cats, Lacey. Aww. And I've also kind of taken in a stray. Who's, and he is loud. I've had his balls chopped off. And he's he's <laughs> kind of not, doesn't really want to be here. So if you hear him meowing, there's not cat torture. It's it's just big boys kicking off. Anyway. so I love it. I'm an it, animal person. So really? Have you, got, have you got pets? I have four dogs. Oh. I have... Um, Three Great Danes, uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, my husband and I don't have kids, we have dogs. I have three Great Danes, and then plus one little guy that we got from the SPCA. Um, he's like a little um, King Charles Cavalier mix or something. Beautiful. So, 
So when so did I'm... so when did you know? Because this is the thing. I've been listening to your podcast, right? Talk of okay. love, and we're going to put all the links in the chat in a minute. And when I'm locked out of Twitter, once they let me back into Twitter, I'll, I'll tweet them. But we'll put yeah. all the links. And we've been talking about it for the last week or so. Um, so and the epi- first episode I heard was you talking to Christy Joe from season two, and you say to her, "I've learned so much from this." Did you know it was going to be Brett Michaels? And she said, oh, no, I thought it would be Tommy Lee. So did you know it was going to be Brett Michaels? What what did you know when you went for the show? I did, but I'm sort of a hard ass, uh, surprising, about um, getting information and um, and having like a little bit of control of my destiny. So when I was auditioning for the show, originally they didn't want to tell me who it was right and um and then i was like well i don't know if i want to do the show then like how, how can i base a decision not even knowing who the person is like what if it's somebody that i hate or what if it's you know like god only knows you know right. so i didn't really want to take that gamble so i was kind of being wishy-washy anyway as i said i was starting to kind of chicken out a little bit but then they eventually could tell that i really needed this information to make a decision so they just said all right it's brett michaels but we like, please don't tell anybody. And the funny thing is the same thing happened when I did Charm School with Sharon Osbourne um, because prior to my season of Charm School with Sharon Osbourne, there was a Charm School with the Flavor of Love Girls and the the host of that was um, Monique, the comedian. And um, comedian slash actress, I guess I should say. Uh, so I, I mean, I thought Monique was cool, but, but she wasn't anybody that I particularly resonated yeah. with. Um, I didn't really know her. I wasn't that familiar with her work. So when the producers asked me to do Charm School, I was like, well, who, who's the host is going to be? Who's the host going to be? And they're like, well, we can't really say it. I'm like, well, I guess I can't commit to doing it then. And they're like, okay, we I can tell you, you but, but, uh, but just don't tell anybody. I'm like, man, you guys fold quick. And so <laughs> they told me it was, <laughs> they told me it was Sharon Osbourne. I'm like, fuck yeah. Am I allowed to curse? You can say fuck. Yeah, of course <laughs> yeah. you can. We expected nothing less from you lately. <laughs> right. We've seen everything. Yeah. So much beeping it sounds like morse code um, <laughs> so yeah i was like fuck yeah i love sharon osborne i love ozzy so i'm like absolutely i'm in I forgot what you asked me. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but, did you... Um, do you know what I find really impressive? The fact that you managed to get the producers yeah. to play your game rather than the other way around. Because watching it now, part of the shock factor is, my God, you watch it now and it seems like such a long time ago, some of the things that they're asking you to do, some of the manipulation that was at work. I mean, thank God that you saw through it pretty early on and, and they knew they couldn't mess with you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting because I didn't realise until I, I did the podcast... Um, you know, I mean, you, you generally only see the world through your own perspective because yeah. that's the only perspective that you truly have. And then you really have to go outside of yourself to see other people's perspectives. And sometimes you do that and other times you don't. So for me, being on Rock of Love was so much fun. I had a great time. I loved every aspect of it. And um, when I brought some of the girls on to the podcast, I was shocked at how many of them said it was really, a, some of them even used the word a trauma. It was a yeah. traumatic yeah. Experience. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy that 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 I just assumed everybody shared the same experience that I did. But like, of course not. You know, so what I started realizing among talking to these girls, because I, I had a little bit of an advantage because I had been doing show business and entertainment in one form or another prior to the show. So for me, whenever I see cameras, I'm like, all right, it's showtime. You know, like yeah. the devil and you're at work, out. right? As far as you, as you see it, you're at work. Now I'm working. It's right. not right. Absolutely. And so in in normal day-to-day life, in, in real life, if you will, I am a relatively guarded person. So I'm not really one that wants to 
put my vulnerabilities and my insecurities out there anyway. So that is sort of normal to my personality yeah. unless you really know me, you know? Um, so going on the show, like, of course I wasn't going to be like, Oh, here's my vulnerable self. You know, I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve. I would, I would never do that anyway. So I sort of created this character that to be honest was completely influenced by Tiffany Pollard, AKA New York from flavor of love and yeah. that show, which I was obsessed with before I even got to audition for rock of love. So I just thought she was so freaking cool. And she just ran that house. You know, she called herself the HBIC head bitch in charge. So I was like, that's the way to do this, you know? Yeah. And so I went and started doing, go, you know, going with this character. And then the producers would, you know, pull me aside every so often, like, Lacey, this is brilliant. Good job. Keep it up, you know? And so I, that's what I did. So in hindsight, um, in analyzing everything through this podcast that I've been doing this year, in hindsight, I'm realizing that doing that character had more benefits than I even realized while I was doing it. One of the benefits is it sort of creates a shield. You know, yeah. you're not... This isn't, people can attack you, but they're not really attacking you. They're talk, They're attacking Lacey from Rock of Love, not Lacey Skulls, the yeah. individual. A character, so I, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, um, it really was a, a protection. I wasn't putting myself out there, whereas the other girls were really being their true vulnerable selves. So then of course they felt duped and, and burned and taken advantage of and exploited, of course. And some of them were really young, weren't they? And they hadn't had much experience of life. It was like their first time away, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, there was one that was like three. Another one was, she was like four. <laughs> there was, again, it was the Christy Joe episode where, who- um, Christy Joe had a hard time in she there. She had a hard she? time. And she says in the podcast, The Talk of Love, and I've just posted the links in the chat, guys. So go and have a little look at those links um, and it's a great podcast as well you can either watch it on youtube or you can download it as a listen to podcast and it's 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 great if you've seen any of these shows go and have a listen to it um but christy joe talks about um how there will be shots of her crying and that was because she'd said to the producers i've had enough i'm leaving and then they'd wave the contract in her face and say well if you leave we're going to sue you for a million dollars now i heard this after we'd seen the whole three seasons so for us, it was all a bit of fun and maybe some sadness. Maybe there were some people with alcohol issues there who perhaps shouldn't have been there. But hearing that from Christy Joe, it kind of puts a whole different perspective on what it was for a lot of the women. Yeah. Not, obviously not for you. And not, there were some that obviously thrived on it and enjoyed it and, you know, took it for what it was. But for some people, it was There would be a huge abusive. scandal if that came out. Now. Yeah. It would yeah. be a huge scandal because it's quite obvious that that is manipulation and that's kind of, that's holding someone to ransom, mm. literally, isn't it? And so you were shocked to hear that when you spoke to some of the, the women that have been on there. Yes, another one, uh, Sam from season one, Rock of Love, had a, a very hard time, a very hard time. She was crying all the time and wanting to leave and begging the producers to let her leave. I will say to play devil's advocate yeah. um, that we were given a contract like that thick um, when we went into the show and it basically said that they could exploit us in any way yeah. that they mm. wanted to. It was pretty, I mean, it was, you know how contracts are. It's a bunch of lawyers speak, you know, and sometimes you have to actually have a lawyer to decipher it for you. But I mean, it, it laid it out very, very clear. There was no question whatsoever how this was going to be, but I really feel like a lot of the girls 
without consciously thinking this, but on some level, I think they were kind of looking at this as like a documentary and they right. were like, it's going to be, but to me, it was always a competition. It was always a show and it was always a game. That was all, that was all that it was for me. Yeah. It really frightened me. And I think maybe we've become hardened to it because reality TV is, you know, in it's like third or fourth incarnation yeah. now. Right. But it frightens me to death when you get someone going on a reality show and saying, I'm just going to be myself. Cause you think, Oh man, you're laying yourself wide open. But um, right? I, we'll, we'll get to the fun stuff in a minute. I promise. But I did a reality show over here as I said in the email and I was the same as you I knew I, well, the first day I got there it was in a jungle the first day I got there I worked out where all the cameras were because I was being paid quite a bit of money to entertain you yeah. know and and so I, when I knew I was being filmed I was on because that's what they didn't want me just sat there going ah oh, man this is so boring I, I gave them what they paid for and you did the same thing as well and obviously it's paid off can I ask though was Brett Michaels, did he have a girlfriend at the time? So there was a moment about a week into the filming of the show and I was still kind of feeling things out and I really wanted to know how far I should push this villain character or is there some part of me that should be like fighting for Brett's love? I, I was just trying to figure out how to find the balance. Right. But there was a moment where I was with Brett and it was, there was, no, there were none of the other girls were around it, which was rare. I happened to catch him where it was just him and me and there was cameras on us. And I, I really wanted to ask him this one question, which I'm about to ask. Um, but I, I was like, you know, can I ask him this? Should I ask him this? But I was like, fuck it. You know, even though the cameras are here, if they don't want it shown, they'll just edit it out. This isn't really for anybody, but for me to figure yeah. out how to play the game. So the question was, when it was just me and Brett, I said, I said, so Brett, can I ask you a question? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I said, you really, honestly, you don't have a girlfriend at all. Like you're really here looking for love. You really don't have a girlfriend. Cause it was just, it was too hard for me to believe. Cause he's such a good looking guy yeah. under, some, yeah, under some people's standards. He is a successful guy. He's, he's really, he's a nice guy. He's charismatic. Yeah. He's humble. He's not arrogant at all. He's a good dude. And so I've just found it hard to believe, you know, that he couldn't get a girl. So I asked him that just point blank. And he was like, well, and I was like, aha, <laughs> there it is. And he goes, well, he goes, I, I am in a on again, off again relationship with the mother of my two children. That was his exact wow. word. So I was like, wow, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you telling me that. And it was great. That was such a key piece of information for me personally. And as I predicted, they didn't show that. I, I, I had a feeling they weren't going to ruin the whole show. So, but it was important for me to figure out, okay, now I know my game plan is. Yeah. I think the moment that shocked us most, and there were plenty of shocking moments. Was when that French woman took a, showed her fanny off. Oh, that didn't shock me at all. Class. I saw okay, her on Celebrity didn't. Big Brother, so I'd right, seen it okay. all before. Um, but... <laughs> No, there was a bit at the end with the reunion. The reunion shows for me seem like the most real, right? Oh, the reunion shows. And it was when all of a sudden, right, this girl who has been vying for his attention for all Season this time, one. this whole thing, came in and she looked broken and she revealed that they hadn't seen each other for months. He hadn't even walked her back to the hotel. He sort of dropped her off, mafia style, rolled her out <laughs> into the street. Incredible. Um, that didn't seem like that was the way it was going to go from the very kind of sexy atmosphere that that kind of show created. There's this hints that there was more going on behind the scenes yeah. and that Brett was, you know, working his way through all the women, basically. Um, that was really shocking to us. We thought, yeah. oh, how much of that is real then? Yeah. That's a great observation. Um, yeah, you're 100% right. It was surprising to me. I think the person you're referring to is Jess, the girl. Yeah. Yeah. So and he, said, he said something like, I wasn't allowed to walk you up there. It's like, well, hang on a minute. You're he's Brett been, Michaels from Poison. He's been making out that he's been screwing all the girls in the house. So what now? Well, he's not allowed to be alone right. with you? 
Right. Yeah. So I was surprised by that only from the perspective of, again, I was a fan of Flavor of Love. So from my perspective, the reason I knew this couldn't be completely real, I, that was my suspicion, was because Flavor of Love won. Um, Flavor Flav went through all the 20 girls. He found his his love. Um, you know, the end of the show, yay, we're, you know, Flav and Hoops are together. And then season two rolls on, oh, it didn't work out with Hoops. So we're going to try again with these other 20 girls. Like, yay, delicious wins. Yay, Flav and delicious. Oh, that didn't work out either. <laughs> Flavor of Love three. And I'm like, hmm, I see a pattern here. Yes. So it was, so that was, that was my mindset going in. It was surprising to me, the girls that really, fell for him and, and thought this was going to be real. But then again, you know, I'm, I'm placing my own, um, again, I'm placing my yeah. own observations onto them. Maybe they didn't watch Flavor Love. Maybe they didn't do the homework that I did. But yeah, Jess was like really super into him. Heather was really super into wow, him. Wow, you can tell. Um, she can was, tell. that after, she told me that after Rock of Love, she told me that she went into a deep depression. Right. That was her. That was her exact words. Jess was really um, devastated by the whole thing too. And as I said, I think they just believed that this was going to be a real thing. Now, I don't know if Brett could have handled it better or not. I don't know if there's any blame to place on him because at the same time, Brett had a contract with a production company. The production yeah. company was very strict in what we could and couldn't do and things we could say, how we could behave. They were really strict about that. So most likely that wasn't even Brett's doing. Most likely that was... Um, the producers and i will tell you i don't mean to speak for brett because in in no way am i trying to claim that like i know brett michaels but based on what i do know of him i would imagine that that is not what he intended to happen he probably was surprised and upset by that as well yeah. everything i've read of brett michaels in interviews he's saying like i just wanted to have a great time um i wanted the girls to have a great time it was supposed to be a show where everyone's having fun everyone's partying everyone's having a blast i bet you he probably didn't even anticipate these girls would fall for him as hard as they did yeah yeah what was the aftercare like did you get help uh, did you have like a psychiatrist that came and deprogrammed <laughs> you afterwards did you get told how to handle the fame I mean, or, or were, were you, you just... even offered it you know no, not at all. And wow. it was a real trip. I will tell you, it was a freaking trip afterwards. I remember one of the strangest things that started happening because we filmed the show and then there's four months that you just have to sit there and wait and wonder how this is going to all be right. until the show airs. And then um, when it starts airing every week that it's on television, it's like your world changes every day. It's a trip. And I do remember like going to the grocery store and just walking like across the parking lot and people would be going, Lacey, Lacey. And I'm like, who is that? And, and you expect it to be either a friend of mine, the neighbor, uh, they're my aunt, like or something like that. And then you're looking around, you're like, I don't see anybody I know. And then you see strangers waving at you. And you're like, who is that? Like, oh, they know me from the show and that takes getting used to it's yeah. really really weird at first did you get any abuse because you were for those who haven't seen it and we've talked about it for the she whole was the quote-unquote villain you were the villain yeah. of the piece you were the pantomime villain and and you, you you know you did some horrible horrible things which of course was egged on by the producers i know how this stuff works and you know there's a camera on you i'll give them something entertaining but did you get any abuse after the show here's what's interesting online yes i people they basically fell into two categories they either thought i was this this awesome badass or they just hated my guts online like people were like saying they wished i was dead like oh like terrible God. things and but i figured that's par for the course but out in the real world it was very unusual um for people to be 
shitty to my face. That right. was unusual. Usually what would people would say is they, I would get a couple of like the same questions over and over. They'd come up and be like, oh my God, you're Lacey from Rock Love. I'm like, hey. And they would always ask um, like if the show was real, was it scripted? And then are you really that crazy? <laughs> Which is a really funny thing to come up and ask a total story. Are you really that crazy? <laughs> so, but I always had fun with it. You know, I was like, well, you know, not ever since they let me out of the mental hospital, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, so generally, and then the next thing that they would always say is they go, oh, you, you know, you were my favorite. I just, I love to hate you. I always had to tune in to see what you were going to do next. That was always what people would say. There was one time that I can think of. There's probably two or three times where people were shitty in my face, but one time it actually stands out in my mind. I was, uh, I was living in Los Angeles, but I was visiting Las Vegas and I was, um, I was in the, I was in the hotel and I was walking from the hotel across the little walkway to, to get in the cab and I was by myself. And um, so I know that in the UK, the word cunt isn't, isn't really that offensive, but- Sorry, in what? what's that called? What? <laughs> is that right? It's not, as, it's not as offensive as it is in the States. In Scotland, it's you'd say it like, all right, mate, all right, you go. But it, it, it's still quite offensive, but yes, go on. Yeah, in, in the US, it's a very it's a very jarring word. Yeah, yeah. So I'm walking from, you know, across a little walkway and I hear this girl, I, I actually saw her in my peripheral cause she was like, all done up, like super haughty, you know, um, and I, she had a drink in her hand, so she was probably buzzed. And I just, as I'm walking past her, I hear her go, oh my God, there's that cunt from that show. <laughs> I was like, damn. Oh, no. And so, That's you know, in those moments where your brain goes like a thousand miles per hour, like going through all the options of what you should do. Yes. I was like, you know what? The best thing for me to do is just keep walking and pretend yeah. like I didn't even hear her. Like That's don't even terrible. pause. You know, but it's, it is, but I, I, for me, it wasn't expected. I played a villain. Of course, yeah. that's going to happen. But, the majority was not that, though. Yeah, and also, I suppose it was kind of before before Twitter really oh took off as well, because you'd have been destroyed on Twitter oh. 13 yeah. years ago. <laughs> Jesus, full of assholes. Um, but it is that thing, you've been on TV, so people think they own you, mm -hmm. and, and, right. and they don't. And also, they think you're like that. And what I've got from listening to the podcast is... You are a very intelligent, very thoughtful, very funny, um, you know, very head screwed on woman, uh, which is doesn't really tie in with the image from the TV show. But of course, that's a TV show from a long time ago. And it was edited and you were playing a character and, you know, you're a smart cookie. And yeah. you get that from the I'm hearing you in the podcast as opposed yeah. to, you know, I don't think it's you in the TV show. It's you in the podcast. Talk of love. Yeah, I appreciate you saying all that. Thank you so much. You know, I'm I'm really grateful that people people are can be cruel towards people on reality shows or celebrities. I mean, case in point, um, poor Britney Spears, like they just destroyed her, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. back in the day, they were really pretty ruthless on her. And you're right, people people do feel like, well, if you're on my TV, I ha that gives me, you know, free reign to say whatever I want about you or type, you know, and people can be really hurtful. Um, I just sort of went into this expecting it so that it wouldn't be so shocking and upsetting when it happened to me. And, and also naturally, I think I'm just like a little bit more thick skinned than your average person. But, um, you know, what is great, and this is where I have a lot of gratitude. Doing the podcast, I was sort of like, I don't know if people are, are even going to want to be open minded towards me or what I have to say. Are they even going to listen? You know, and so um, I was a little a little apprehensive about it, but I was like, you know, what, I'm just going to go for it. But in the podcast, differently than how I was in the mm. um, 
on the show, I was like, I'm just going to be myself and see what happens. And fortunately, people are so I was shocked at how quickly people were willing to change their mind and their perspective about me. Yeah. And to be honest with you, the reason I did real Lacey on the podcast and not Rock of Love Lacey mm. is primarily because when Rock of Love was being filmed, that was in 2007, as you said, if you think about the world in 2007, or at the very least, the United States culture, things were pretty good then, you know, mm -hmm. every everybody was happy, the, um, the housing market crash happened in the US in 2008. And that was kind of devastating to a lot of people. But this was before that everything was good. I felt like the world could handle having a villain and, and I love villains, you know, but right now everything is just so dark and divided and, and negative and upsetting yeah. anxiety inducing. I'm like, we got enough villains right now. We do not need any more villains. So I decided to put that character to the side and just be me. Yeah. And so good. I, yeah. And also the thing is I'm in, I'm also, uh, I also produce the podcast as well. So wow. I have that advantage. So I don't have to worry like, Oh, is some editor going to twist, you know, the perspective and make me look like an idiot. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't have to have that fear, which is really great, which allows me the ability to feel comfortable being vulnerable, opening up, showing mm. the world who, who I actually am, as opposed to the rock of love character. It was a relief for me, actually, when Ian started telling me some of the stories from the podcast, because I was like, oh, good, right? Because you watch these shows now, and like you say, it was a different climate. It was before Me Too, it was before all that stuff. You watch it now and you think, oh, my God, these poor girls are being fed to the lions, mm. you know? Or, you know, this person quite clearly has a problem and no one's helping them. And I was so relieved to find that not all of it was real and that, you know, for some people it obviously was, and they were yeah. left raw and they were left, you know, afterwards. But... My God, I was terrified for a long while that 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 whole thing was real and that you were and that you were like that and that that they were kind of pitching woman against woman and you know because there is there are fights there are actual fights in oh, there, and it's not yeah. the it's not the side of life that like you say like we need right now we need a little bit more peace and understanding and it's very like full on all I the time on, and then I go and look on your Twitter feed. And you, you know, I'm surprised. You're a d delightful human being, yes. doing wonderful kind of saying, Go out and vote. You know, go out and be, being a delightful, slightly more liberal person yeah. than I was expecting. And it's wonder wonderful. It does the same kind of politics as me. But it, again, it just shows that we had fallen into the yeah. trap of believing the the TV it's, image. Yeah, absolutely. But that's okay. I, I wouldn't call it. A, thank you, by the way, for your kind words. I wouldn't call it a trap, though. It, that is what it is designed for. Yeah. It, it yeah. is a performance designed to entertain i mean you if you go see a, a movie that you really like i mean we all know that it's it is a movie and this these things didn't really happen um but you get if it's a good movie you get you get sucked in you get drawn yeah. in like in that two-hour period that you're watching and enjoying this movie that is real life you know you know it's not but in, in the moment it is you know so it's it's designed for that you know and as i said like it's not scripted um person we weren't handed like scripts no. that we had to read lines and stuff like that and it really depends on the girl's unique perspective you know some of the girls that were really invested in this it, it was real for brett michaels it, it was half real because he wasn't really looking for love but but all the interactions with each other the fights the laughter everything that the partying all of that was that definitely happened it was yeah. it was real you know many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So you're living, you live in Vegas now? Yes. And you're married? Yes. How long have you been married for? Since 2013. Oh, so. wow. Okay. So fantastic. That's great. And, and you've, been in, you've been in Vegas for the same length of time? No, um, my husband and I just moved here about a year ago. Ah, okay. Um, you're doing the podcast, Talk of Love, which again, we'll, I'll post the links. It's on YouTube. If people want to go and watch it, you can download it from wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and at the moment, I'm just, I'm cherry picking the ones with Rock of Love people. And then I'm going to go back and do the rest because you're, it's, you're so easy to listen to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how are you finding that? And what else have you been up to? Um, how am I finding living in Las Vegas? No, doing the podcast and, 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 and speaking to other people from those shows. It's, it has been such a fun, amazing experience, more so than I even anticipated. You know, you, you go into something like a podcast and you have certain expectations. But the thing that has really stood out to me the most, I am constantly reminded what an amazing job the producers and the casting did in casting these girls for Rock of Love. And also the guys, because I also interview a lot of the guys from I Love New York and Daisy of Love and some of the other shows. These people are such incredible people who are multidimensional. And, you know, it's funny, I make this joke because sometimes when you watch reality shows or, or any kind of show, you you think the person like only lives in that world yeah. and you think you turn your TV off and they like don't exist anymore. <laughs> and, um, but it's, it's fun to talk to some of these cast members and really, you know, we kind of dive into um, their experience on Rock of Love, but we also talk about like, what have you been doing since then? And what did you do before that got you into this? And the the types of people that, that these cast members are is so impressive. The things they do, a lot of them are involved in charities. A lot of them are doing great things with their with their careers. A lot of them um, are have gotten incredible educations for themselves. Um, you know, some of them have, are married and have children and some of them are entrepreneurs. It's really fascinating to see mm. the path that these people went on and it makes you realize these are not just one dimensional people. Um, these are real people with real dreams and goals and aspirations. And it's really cool to see 
who these people really are and to dissect that. And it's fascinating. I'll give you one example. There is a girl um, named Miami and she was on Flavor of Love season three. And she was also the winner of one of the I Love Money shows. And um, she always just came across as a really kind of outgoing, strong personality woman. So it turns out that um, she had two younger brothers who were twins and they, they ended up getting really sick and they were taken to the doctors constantly and the doctors couldn't figure out why they were sick. And then they finally ran uh, an HIV AIDS test on them and they were HIV positive. And then, um, so it turns out her mother gave birth to her, Miami, but then she married another man and then had the two boys. Turns out nobody knew that man was HIV positive, gave it to the two boys, they passed away. And then her mother ended up contracting as well. And then her mother passed away and it was devastating. I mean, I can't even imagine. And she said that her and mom were very, very close. And she went on, she, she picked herself back up. She she focused, she did these shows, she did I Love Money, she won it, which the winning prize is a quarter of a million dollars. Um, and then she became a very outspoken uh, advocate for HIV and AIDS and for raising awareness wow. and also for um, for making it uh, not so frightening or, or taboo. She made it like, this is a socially acceptable thing. We need to be sensitive to this. And so it's just, it's so cool that she took such a travesty in her mm-hmm. life and turned, and now she's an activist for this cause. And I'm like, that's so cool, you know? So I, we get lots of stories like that on um, on the podcast. Um, and what, what else are you doing? I mean, I, I, obviously this year is hard for anyone to do anything. So pod- yeah. this is the time to be podcasting, you know, because we ain't going nowhere. Although vaccine, baby, give me that sweet, sweet vaccine. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Come on, shove it up my ass if you have to. I, I don't want think that's that. the way that they're I, doing That's it. how I want to take it. Um, but, yes, but, anal vaccines. Anal like, vaccines. <laughs> Please. I like um, I'm to, all for it. What else, what, what else have you been doing in the last 13 years? I mean, it's, it's a long time. But what else are, are, are you doing? Are you still singing? Are you still perform? What, what other bits and pieces? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, as you said, this year has been kind of a bust for everybody. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I had a band called Halo that I wrote a whole album for. And then there's a video up on YouTube for a, a song called The Stranger, which I'm very proud of. Um, I toured after Rock of Love. I toured in a band called Lords of Acid, who's actually based out of Belgium. They're really um, awesome, like kind of dance clubby band. Um, and then, uh, but one of the the things I did that was the most rewarding for me was shortly after filming um, Rock of Love, I started my own dog rescue organization called Heroes Canine Rescue. And in in not just California, in the whole United States, the pet overpopulation is just completely Mm. out of control. And so a lot of animals through no fault of their own end up in the animal shelters only because there's just too many. Give us the meat, give us the meat, give us the meat, give us the meat. People that are able to adopt them. So the shelters end up just putting down, you know, thousands and thousands of dogs every day. So what I would do is I would get some of the dogs out of the shelters that I knew were, had been in the shelter for a while and were like on their last days before they were gonna be euthanized. So I would foster those dogs in my house and then I would get to know them and kind of promote like, you know, put a little profile together for them. Like, this is what the dog likes. This one's good with kids. This one's good with cats. And then uh, adopt them out to a forever home. So I did that for eight years. And uh, and that was, I think in eight years I rescued and rehomed 
over a hundred dogs. Oh, and, come and on, man. Love it. <laughs> nice. Love That's it. Really all, all my cats are rescued. So anyone that does anything like that for animals, I'm, I am totally in. When was the last, we're, we will let you go in a minute because I said we'd be 25 minutes. I could talk to you all night because I think you're so fab. But very quickly, when was the last time you saw Brett Michaels from Poison? Yeah. I saw him about a year ago. He was yeah. on tour and he, um, he played in Las Vegas. And so my husband and I went out to go watch him perform and then um, found his crew like, hey, it's Lacey, I'm here, I'd love to come say hi to Brett. So they gave my husband and I backstage passes. And um, so we went backstage and, and got to chat with Brett and all the other guys. And my husband got to meet Brett for the first time. Wow. And my, my husband's a big, a big fan of Poison. So he was just like <laughs> totally thrilled. And Brett Michaels was like super nice to my husband. It was really funny. And one thing that's really great is there's this one clip that VH1 used to love to show over and over and over. And it was Brett Michaels talking to the camera and he was talking about me and he was like, I don't know if she's gonna come in and make sweet, passionate love to me. Oh, or kill me. Me. Sleep. Yeah. And so, um, and so my husband brings up that to Brett and he is like, and my husband's like, same. <laughs> <laughs> he kept saying that. I think he was obsessed with that he idea. He was obsessed with people. And I think in his words, him. it turned him on. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be mean, but did, did Brett ever do this in front of you? Because there was, there, right. was some, there was something going on there, right? Well, there was one episode actually where it was the 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 phone sex challenge. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yes. yes. That was yes, hilarious. Hilarious. And and I borderline creepy. I don't know if we could do an episode like that today, post the Me Too movement. But at the time, I I can't believe they got away with it. But um. But yeah, I it, in that challenge we were wearing like our lingerie and our bedtime clothes, and he was wearing like his pajamas, and he did actually have. Uh, no hat, no bandana, and he has said in interviews that he does um, extensions. From my perspective, I'm like, you know what? More power to him. I feel like society is a little bit sexist towards men when it yep. comes to this kind of stuff. Because like women, I mean, we some of us are barely human at all. We got fake eyelashes, fake contacts, fake hair, fake boobs, fake ass, fake nails, fake this, fake that. Yeah. But then if a guy does anything, they're like, oh, you're you know fake, like in the in the negative context, you know. And um, so guys like don't get a don't get a break with that stuff but women we can have like our plastic everything you know so i say I, i'm all for like the the manscaping and the metrosexual i'm all for it and if it it makes you feel good and it makes you look good then go for it Who Kath, cares? i'm gonna do some manscaping later on downstairs that's your business my friend wait <laughs> till i've gone home lacy we think you're so before or after the the anal vaccine <laughs> <laughs> before they're like a tidy workspace <laughs> Lacey, we, I, I, we think you're so fab, and I'm, I, it's so lovely to, to talk to you. I mean, I'm, honestly, we're big fans, so it was a real... It's, like, it's a relief that you're not going to kill us. It's like, it's like, I'm going to ask Lacey to come on. She won't, but... And then you were, so, you were so delightful in your emails. The podcast Talk of Love is a joy. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to sell before we say goodbye? Because now is the time to do it. Well, for, for $10, I can send you tasteful nudes. And, uh, <laughs> but, but for some reason, I, nobody wants them. I don't know. I'm how, much, how much for distasteful nudes? <laughs> That's what oh, I want. I, I, I would probably say I, got, I could get at least like $12.50. Lacey, I, I, we think you're fab. You entertained us so much, and I think you've really cleared up a lot about the show. Yeah. Talk of Love is the podcast. It's on YouTube if you want to go and watch it. Uh, if you can get it, the podcast to listen to from your usual places, I'll put the links in again as soon as I'm back in my Twitter. 
Oh, I'll, I'll post the links on there. And anytime you want to come on, Lacey, and, and, you know, chat or sell, you know, we get it, then please do. You'd be very, very welcome. You've gone down like a, just wonderfully. People are on loving the, you in the chat. The chat, they're, they're all saying, get her on again. Great guest. Big up, Lacey. Can you bring her back in a few months? So it looks like you might be back again, Lacey, if you don't mind. I would We'd love, love it. to. Anytime. You guys were wonderful. I appreciate you both so, so much. This was so much fun. So anytime, just hit Thank me Thank you. Up. Have a lovely Christmas, Thank Lacey. You. We'll speak again. Thank Take you. care. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. What a delightful human being. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting to be able to speak to someone who was on one of those early reality TV shows where the rules were really bendy. Really yeah. bendy. Yeah, what a... Um, fascinating. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.